sides get it. Eichel down the middle alone. Slides it into the goal. Jack Eichel. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Still in the zone. Theodore, one-timer, wide right. Rebound, walk. He scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out here, Parkway Tavern, Volunteer Road, right across the street from the M. Get down here. I'm going to be signing people up for a VGK jersey giveaway, so you're not going to want to miss that. You've got plenty of time. I'll be here throughout the game and throughout postgame. Darren Millard back at Studio 31. Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of... The half dozen on the ice in the National Hockey League as the frozen floor uh, hosts uh, some significant games in the Western Conference playoff race. Uh, Looking forward to following all the moving parts tonight that will start from a VGK perspective against the Seattle Kraken. First of two this week against the Seattle Kraken. We'll also keep our eyes on the Jets against the Buffalo Sabres and Winnipeg will be short-staffed and is short-staffed for that game. We'll tell you all about uh, that I'm, situation. I'm by it. The Blues in Vancouver. Vancouver trying to keep their playoff hopes alive and that will be game three of this three-game road trip for the Vegas Gold Knights on Sunday and the big one, Edmonton versus Los Angeles and another one of those quandaries for VGK fans. Who do you cheer for in the game involving Edmonton and L.A. Before we get into the lineup and uh, what's going to happen with uh, Vegas up against Seattle, Dave Gosher is going to join us in hour number two. Uh, the first trip to Seattle for Gosh and uh, first trip to Seattle for uh, a lot of these Vegas Golden Knights, although a couple players uh, do have experience in and around that area from the Western Hockey League. Uh, who, do, who do Vegas Golden Knight fans root for in this game involving L.A. and Edmonton? <laughs> um. Okay, I I feel like you got to root for the L.A. Kings. Like, as much as I want to believe that there's a collapse in the L.A. Kings down yes. the stretch here, yes, I, I just I feel like they've been too consistent. I I kind of buy into their goaltending certainly more than I buy into the Edmonton Oilers goaltending. Um, so I I feel like you you want to keep the team that's directly in front of you. Uh, from gaining any points in this one. So for me, like uh, you're, you're rooting for a regulation loss for the Edmonton Oilers because that makes Edmonton that much easier to track down for the Vegas Golden Knights. And I buy into an Edmonton collapse way more than I buy into a Kings collapse down the stretch here. Ooh, yeah, that's, uh, that's dicey for me. So here's the situation. <laughs> Vegas is uh, outside the playoff position right now, yeah. one point back of the Dallas Stars. But when it comes to the Pacific Division, and so many people still believe the route to the Stanley Cup playoffs for Vegas will run through the Pacific, not the wild card, which we're trying to catch up to Dallas and St. Louis from the Central Division. Uh So if the route to the playoffs is through the Pacific Division, here's your scenario. Vegas is five points back, uh, sorry, four points, three points back of the uh, Edmonton Oilers, three Mm -hmm. points back of the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And you are five points back of the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. Three.
Edmonton, five back of Los Angeles. Los Angeles is decimated by injuries. That is a, a fact. Their blue line basically has two National Hockey League defensemen on it uh, right now, and they may not have Drew Doughty for the rest of the season. It's weird. Edmonton, there's Sounds some inconsistencies, but, uh, but they've been great. I mean, if, if Edmonton isn't on this, they've got eight points and eight to the last ten. Yeah, seven, there's, two there's seven, two, and one in their last that, ten. Like so that, if, if they're not on a heater, mm-hmm. they're they're right there, uh, right there with, with with Vegas, basically jockeying back and forth. There's there'd be very little separation between the two of them. Uh, Edmonton, I, I think, has better long term performance possibilities down the stretch than Los Angeles Kings, even though you're closer to Edmonton. So I I will be. Focused on and sending all my positive vibes to uh, Edmonton to yeah. beat Los Angeles tonight. Let's go check in live at the fan desk of the VGK <laughs> faithful and connect with uh, with her friend Chris Chapman. Who are you cheering for tonight between Los Angeles and Edmonton, who are second and third in the Pacific Division? Well, I, I for me, I think L.A. because... A, I, so you're I, cheering for Los Angeles. Yeah, right. Edm- Edmonton's closer in the standings. I yeah. think the worst thing would be overtime. I know, I know, like, I know, like, like, but I, well, I'm I, not asking you that. I'm asking I'm, you I'm who just you're cheering for. I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for Los Angeles in okay. regulation, okay. not not in overtime. Don't give me right. any of that overtime crap. I don't need Edmonton okay. getting a point out okay. of this. So you're saying keep Edmonton closer even though Los Angeles is beat up. Well, I also think you have a game left against Edmonton, so you kind of want to keep them a little bit closer in reach where that game against them, you may be able to use that to bypass them if if, if it works out that way. And games played, Edmonton has one game in hand on Vegas, and L.A. and Vegas are the same. So at least that's... We're starting almost but, neutral. But, but to, to Chapman's to Chapman's point, I, I think that that is an important one in that mm-hmm. if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, you don't have any more games left with the L.A. Kings this year. So yeah. you're you're banking on the Kings collapsing, and, and if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, you're just picking up win after win after win. You've got to go on a heater. At least if the, the Edmonton Oilers, if they lose this game in regulation, they then you've got that game in hand. You could theoretically pass the Oilers and put destiny back in your hands in that final game with the Oilers. So to me, I think that that's a really well put point by Chapman that you want the team that you're chasing and the team that you're going to play, the team you might have the ability to push behind you in the standings. Uh, you want that team to, to kind of falter here. So I think that's a good point by Chapman that you've got a game left with Edmonton. You don't want Edmonton to pick up any more points. You want to be able to bypass them yourselves. Vegas, three points back of Edmonton for third in the Pacific and five points back of L.A. for second in the Pacific. Isn't it amazing? Ooh. Vegas is five points out of a home ice spot Yeah, in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but they're outside a Stanley Cup playoff position as play starts today. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives you an idea of just how close it is right now in in the two, three, four spot in the Pacific Division, and and not to not to go back on on what we were talking about, but with the Edmonton Oilers, uh, they've got St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, Colorado, all still left Tougher on schedule. the schedule. Yeah, yeah. And what's L.A.? 
Uh, L.A. is not as not no, as not. tough. No, it's it's, it's not. It's uh, one game against Colorado, and then more or less everything out of the playoffs. Yeah, except they're beat up, and that's what I'm taking into consideration: <laughs> is they're beat up, and and that one game, yeah, like having played the same number of games and Edmonton having one game in hand. Yeah. That uh, that swings it uh, it for me right now, and but and Edmonton just uh, has 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 a little bit more going for it. I.e., two of the best players in the National Hockey League in the in the global mm-hmm. okay. the hockey world. Yeah, Matthews is better. Uh, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> but uh, Los An- here's the thing: Los Angeles <laughs> doesn't have Matthews, McDavid, or Drysaddle. Uh, so that's a good uh, point. That's uh, that that's where I. I Base it down to. We've got Vegas against Seattle tonight. Uh, can't wait for it. Uh, pre-game show here on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Ryan coming up at six o'clock, and then Darren Elliott joins Dan Duva in the booth in Seattle tonight at Climate Pledge Arena. It is uh, game number three between the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas, uh, the thirty-first uh, franchise, has uh, a two and zero record against the thirty-second franchise in the National Hockey League, and we are expecting based on what happened today at the morning skate and some of the comments from Pete DeBoer after uh, that uh, go-around at Climate Pledge Arena, that Braden McNabb uh, will be in the lineup and making his return, which means uh, Vegas has a decision to make regarding uh, healthy bodies. They've got too many healthy bodies for the six defensive positions, uh, and I don't know when the last time. That, uh, that Pete DeBoer had a choice to make uh, that wasn't already made for him because of health. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's certainly been a while for, for Pete DeBoer to kind of, uh, at least on the blue line, make a decision as to who he's going to put in and, and who who's healthy and available and, and isn't going to play. Uh, you know, for me, I, I just think it's one of those situations where, you know, you're the Golden Knights. You've you've had emotional boosts over the last two games. Obviously, Evgeny Dodonov on Thursday against the Nashville Predators. Then you have Alec Martinez on Saturday against the Chicago Blackhawks. If you're able to get Braden McNabb back into the game, and it's been a while for, for Braden McNabb, then you've got another emotional uh, pick-me-up in that situation where you, you, you need every bit of external motivation you can muster as it gets tougher and tougher down the stretch. So um, whatever the decision ends up being and – you know, you look at Alec Martinez, you expect him to be better in his second game back. You expect kind of the timing to get back into his game um, and, and him to take on more responsibility, more minutes. Um, I don't know that there's a wrong answer here, but, you know, for me, like Ben Hutton has is, is really proven his worth. He's been everything this team's needed him to be. I'm not sure where Pete DeBoer is going to go with it, but just the ability to get Braden McNabb back into the lineup and have the option is massive for this team down the stretch. Shea Theodore and... Zach Whitecloud in. Yeah. Alex Petrangelo plays. Alec Martinez in. Braden McNabb, we expect to go back in the lineup tonight. Those are your five guarantees. Then it comes down to a decision between Ben Hutton and Dylan Coughlin. Teams teams do dress seven defensemen, seven and 11. Uh, in, in fact, the, boy, the, uh, the, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, made it uh, a real staple uh, during during their two runs to the to the Stanley Cup championship. So it's it's not unheard of. But when you look at uh, at the six defensemen, uh, Ben Hutton, by way of contract, everything that that's come about, uh, 
he's he's played himself into that position where he's probably uh, the the guy that that goes back in or stays in. Yeah, I I mean I I do I I think that you know you look at you look at what Ben Hutton's been able to do and. You know, there have been moments where Ben Hutton has been kind of that preferred player to go alongside Alex Petrangelo, and and he's steadily been one of the Golden Knights' strongest defenders. Like he's he's put himself in good positions. He's he's done everything that that you could ask for from a player. He's chipped in offensively here and there when he's needed to. He's been solid in his own zone. And you know, as as far as Dylan Coughlin goes, like I, you know, I I think you're at a position right now with your defenseman where you've got kind of the full complement of what you want to look or what you want to use on the power play. Uh, and if, if you're not putting Coglin into a position on the power play where you, you want his shot to, to be something to help you, I just think, you know, kind of defensively, you're, you're going to shade more toward the experience that Ben Hutton has down the stretch, especially as you're chasing down a playoff spot. Uh, Pete DeBoer, and we'll hear uh, from him in hour number two after we connect with Dave Gosher from Seattle. Uh, Pete had something uh, really interesting uh, come out uh, today he said it's easier to plug in a forward at this stage of the season and make that work when you're short staff than it is a defenseman so what he's basically saying is i'd rather have all my defensemen and work with some moving parts up front than have the the parts up front and be working away uh, uh, on the blue line now part of that is you, you have what you have, and you're trying to sell yourself, everybody else, uh, that this is a, a good situation. I'm sure there's some psychology going on uh, with that. But uh, to that end, in the last two weeks, the Vegas Golden Knights have played without Zach Whitecloud, Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, and Ben Hutton. Four of the six defensemen that we expect to play tonight they've been without at various times over the last two weeks mm-hmm. and covid and uh, uh has made that uh, a challenge with uh, with white cloud and ben hutton and then the injuries uh with with mcnab and and martinez but that that's that means you've had the stability of uh, we're talking national hockey league veteran defenseman uh, with all due respect to dylan coglin who uh has made strides uh in in his in his game you've had Petrangelo and Theodore as your mainstays yeah. in the lineup, and then you've been moving players all around. Uh, those those four that I mentioned all haven't been out at the same time, but uh, there's been a mixing and matching. This is this is massive to have that group of six going tonight uh, in the lineup, and hopefully uh, for these final uh, 14 games. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I, I you know for the Golden Knights, it, it's going to come down to and. You know, we've we've talked about it at various stretches, and, and I know I've thrown completely thrown the, the book out and, and, and everything out the window when it comes to the process, but yeah. defensively the process has to be really good, right? Like, you're looking at the Golden Knights down the stretch. You understand what you don't have in the lineup up front. You're going to have to keep games in reach defensively. You're going to have to defend well. You're going to have to be comfortable in 2-1 games because, frankly, you're not going to be able to reliably – uh, count on your your forward core to put up four, five, six goals. You're just not, uh, especially on the road. So you know, getting the opportunity to have your 
more or less full complement of defensemen outside of Nick Haig available to you down the stretch. It's going to be huge for Vegas. Uh, up front, the Golden Knights skated a practice with the lines that we saw in the third period against the Chicago Blackhawks that uh, scored those four goals and then uh, eventually won it to in three-on-three three overtime with Evgeny Dodonov. So I expect uh, with some, uh, obviously, latitude with the fourth line, if they go uh, with the all-AHL line, Yep. Or they go uh, eleven and seven, uh, but the t- the mm. first three lines that'll be that that's it. From what we saw on Saturday, we're expecting that to go. What am I looking for tonight? Right out of the gate, the forwards I think are set. What will be the setup on the blue line? The defensive combinations and whether or not they go with seven. And then there's the goaltending assignment. Pete DeBoer was uh, uh, just. Uh, Quick answer today on, on Robin Leonard. Uh, I think it was David Shane that asked the, the question. Like, we just saw Robin Leonard go by. Uh, is, is, he all, is he all right? And Pete said, yep, no issues. Uh, so the drama that happened yesterday at practice at City <laughs> National Arena with Jack Eichel taking that, uh, that shot at the end of a drill uh, and, uh, and, a, and a rush uh, at rotation uh, where Panda wasn't, uh, was looking. He was going to, towards the, the next player coming down the ice. Uh, where he took the shot off the uh, glove hand between the elbow and the wrist. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, concern at the time. Uh, we told you yesterday we anticipated it uh, to be uh, a, a concern. Uh, uh, hold your breath at the moment, but it would be okay. Uh, a stinger, it mm-hmm. hurt like heck uh, for Panda at the time, but uh, but he would be all right. It wouldn't be something like uh, what he's coming back from with a lower body injury, and that uh, appears to be the case uh, given the words of Pete DeBoer. So uh, if if that's all there, you have Robin Leonard, uh, you have Yuri Patera, uh, who's the safety guy, uh, and you have uh, Logan Thompson as the guy that's uh, been starting all the games uh, recently. Uh, I'll be really curious to see whether uh, – it's Robin Leonard tonight, or or whether it's uh, Logan Tom. Now the pregame skate, it, it looks like Logan. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I I I feel like you give Robin Leonard another you know another practice or or, mm-hmm. or two, right? Like I I don't think that the way Logan Thompson's been playing lately, um, you don't have to you don't have to to go to Robin Leonard in this game. Now, obviously. Um, who knows kind of how the game goes and whether or not Robin just kind of wants to get right back in it. But um, if I'm, if I'm reading into it, if I'm kind of looking at what the updates were from, from morning skate today, I I think it's Logan Thompson today. And then if, if everything continues to track the right way for Robin Leonard, he's probably going to be back in on, on Friday. Now, how about riding the hot hand? That's another aspect to this. Like Robin Leonard's your veteran guy, but if you're 50, 50, Leonard hasn't played in a while. Uh, got stung yesterday by a shot, but still coming back uh, from the lower body injury. Why not ride the hot hand? I, I mean, in in a sense, yeah. But are we there you know, that now with Logan Thompson that we can say, yeah, he's earned the right to get I, another start and another start if he continues to pile up some points and pile up. Uh, consecutive uh, great appearances with some consistency. Here's here's the only reason that I would push back on that. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 500, right? Like and that's that's not on Logan. 4 and 2 in his last 6 though. Okay, but 
And that, that, that mean, plays into the – that's the hot hand. Four, uh, four and flag. two in his last six, but, like, he started eight games in a row, right? Like, we're talking about four yeah. and four. We're really talking about four and four. We're talking about 500 over, over that stretch. Now, I get it. Four and two in, in his last six. Like, you can kind of make that look the way that you need it to. Two in a row. I, I get all that. I do. And I'm not saying that the, the 500 record or, or where he's at on the season right now is, is necessarily his fault because he didn't get any run support in the Minnesota game or the Winnipeg game. But that all being said, I don't know that that's enough to not go to Robin Leonard yeah. and, and give him the opportunity. Like if we're talking about 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, then maybe we're, we're having a different discussion. But Logan Thompson hasn't gone 10-0, right? Like it, it hasn't gotten to a point where it's, it's inevitable and you can't push off of that because you've been running, running the table with this guy. And it's all timing. It, yeah. it, it's the, where you are in your schedule. It, coming off the Minnesota-Winnipeg games, yeah. if, we're, if we're in this situation with Leonard on the cusp of coming back and Logan Thompson on the heels of losing back-to-back games, even though you're blanked in both mm-hmm. and you're not going to win games without yeah. scoring a goal. It's just sure. a reality in the National Hockey League. You might, you might go shake things up, boom, you're you're leaning towards Leonard a, a little bit more, even though it wasn't Logan Thompson's fault. But but you come home and you beat the Nashville Predators. Yeah, you only allow a goal. Arguably his best game as a as a National Hockey Leaguer. Yeah, and you make some huge critical saves in the third period uh, of the comeback win against the Chicago Blackhawks. Now I'm leaning. How do you sit him down? He's the hot hand. He's won back to back games. It that's where the timing of it plays so much more of a role in the decision as opposed to the overall 4-4 four and four record in the last eight. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like if he gets one of those two games uh, in Minnesota or Winnipeg, one of them, like he gets a goal or two in one of those games, then I, I think that I'm, I'm there with you in this discussion. Um, but I mean, like, I, I, don't, I don't know that if you're the Vegas Golden Knights and you're looking at this as, as 14 games to get yourself in, and you've got $5 million in Robin Leonard, and he's hun- he's healthy and ready to play, and he's your ace, and he's the guy that you're you're hopeful that if you get to the playoffs, where you go and, and how well you do is kind of hinging on his ability to get his game dialed in. I don't know that, that you, you sit him because Logan Thompson's on, you know, a four and two over his last six games, um, kind of stretch i think again if we're looking at six and oh seven and oh eight and oh then it's a discussion but i just i don't think that it's it's enough of a sample size yet in order to not give the net to robin leonard at least to see where he's at in terms of his recovery and getting his, his game back where it needs to be you can sell me on both angles sure yeah. absolutely sway me on both angles yeah and it's just uh, i'll go with whoever makes the pitch last <laughs> you you pitch Logan Thompson first, and yeah. then go Robin Leonard. I'll go with Robin Leonard. Yeah. You do it the other way around. I'm going with Logan Thompson, and I'm all in. And and it's that close. If here's the interesting part: if Logan Thompson plays great tonight, yeah. What do you do on on Friday night? I mean, then it's, then you're then you're looking at five and two, right? Like then you're looking at three, three in a in row. row. Then, and especially especially how it gets done, right? Like if Logan Thompson is, you know, 35 saves, one or two goals against, or, 
you know, gets a shutout, whatever the case may be. Like, if he's brilliant tonight, then, you know, maybe, maybe tomorrow we're having a different discussion here. And there's no back-to-backs on this road trip? Yeah. I think it's, it's fascinating. And it'd be, it'd be an amazing discussion inside the coach's room on, on <laughs> what to do with that, with, with Mike Rosati, uh, Pete DeBoer, and then Ryan Craig, Ryan McGill, and, and Steve Spott. To be, able to, to be able to bandy that around. But Logan Thompson has gone from just trying to keep you in a game and, and maybe give you one or two good starts to now me bringing up if he wins tonight, and we expect him to start tonight, three in a row, do you ride the hot hand? And that's a huge step in his development and a credit to what he's been able to do uh, yeah. as a goaltender. Even in the defeats, he, he hasn't been the, the cause of, of not picking up points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's fallen on, on the offense. And even though he let in four goals against the Chicago Blackhawks, he had moments in that game that were critical and timely saves uh, to be, make sure that the, the Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights were uh, positioned to come back and, and win that game. Mm-hmm. If the playoffs started, or when the playoffs start, and the Golden Knights qualify, I, Robin Leonard's your goalie. Well, but 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 I hedge <laughs> I hedge that if yeah. if it's Thompson that if you stick with a hot hand, yeah, I don't know how do you well, well how do you make how, that decision? Well, I think you go with the veteran. I really do. And but and, I mean, if well, if you're riding the hot hand, but the, starting the playoffs is different than. Scraping and clawing. like you're basically in a game seven every night here, even sure. though it's not do or die. But but look, if you're if you're uh, going, Dallas if has you're going four to, games in hand uh, right now, and 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 you're 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 one point behind them uh, outside of playoff position. Yeah, you need the two points tonight uh, psychologically and statistically yeah. to get back in. This is pivotal. So that's why I'm like hot hand right now. Playoffs start where you've got a, a bit of a, a reset. One guy's like in his first year, just made his first start in the National Hockey League this year. Uh-huh. The other guy's a proven veteran. That changes everything. But right now, I'm more inclined to go hot hand. I mean, if you're going to the hot hand for 14 consecutive games, and I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying that's what yeah. you're advocating yeah. for. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to Logan Thompson right. 10 out of the final 14 games and you're putting him in situations because you need the two points and you need a win in a game seven, how do you just flip that switch when you get to the playoffs and Robin Leonard hasn't played much down the stretch? Uh, I think it's a lot easier to, to sell to your group that you're going with the veteran guy. Okay. And and there's always and th- we're, now we're into hypotheticals. Well, sure, but then then, you know, but how but, how short is the leash then in well, the playoffs, it'd, right? It'd be, like, it'd, be, it'd be short, but but the the, the thing is, you don't want to lose your veteran guys. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose your veteran goaltender and the guy and the can always come in and do what he's already done. And he's playing with house money. And I've said this before that that Playing like when you're the underdog, the backup, the third stringer, whatever, yeah. you're coming in. You're expected to fail. It's why goaltenders, when when the starter gets pulled, and usually it's the the number one guy that mm-hmm. gets yanked, the backup goes in. He plays lights out because he's got nothing to lose, and he can play loose, and he's expected to fail. Sure. And and uh, it's it's when you're put in a situation where you rattle rattle off a couple of wins, and people start looking and go, "Is this guy really? Can he can he take the ball?" 
and and those those guys can't keep it going, and then they go back to being a backup uh, sure. again. Uh, that I, I would put my kid in the position to be the backup coming in, uh, as opposed to the veteran coming in, and uh, and here we are talking goaltending again uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, with 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 the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but but I think that there's a, a real difference with this team right now. Mm-hmm. Playoffs start tomorrow. Robin Leonard's my guy. Uh, if if you're with 14 games to go and you've got these these games uh, in succession uh, without back to backs, and it's Seattle, Seattle, Vancouver, Arizona, uh, Vancouver, you you go with the hot hand. Uh, is is he going to play five games in a row with Robin Leonard healthy? Not a chance. Yeah, no way. But. Do you go into uh, a platoon, or does uh, does Robin Leonard have to come in and earn those starts back? He'll he'll get one. Yeah. But if it doesn't go great, Logan Thompson, you're going right back to Logan. It's not a de facto automatic anymore because the points are so important, because you're battling for your playoff life, and because Logan Thompson has found a way to get you some wins. Mm-hmm. But you know, Cinderella's I, slipper like can, can fall off at, at any point. I still don't understand why she doesn't get uh, like her shoes fit better. Like go to go to a professional and, and find out uh, uh, a way to get those those it's made of magic, Darren. Uh, those shoes to fit uh, a lot better so they don't keep falling off. Okay, um, uh, your tangent on on Disney movies aside, um, I, I do want to just say this: I, I will be interested. If Logan Thompson gets the next two games, right? So say he plays well tonight against uh, the Seattle Kraken. You go back to Logan Thompson again against Seattle on Friday. I would be curious to see if tendencies are picked up from Logan Thompson, if there are ways that Seattle can maybe expose Logan. Because, frankly, Logan played a better game the second go-around with the Nashville Predators. And I, I was kind of looking for a moment where maybe Nashville was able to exploit something in Logan's game because they had seen him before, and yeah. it really wasn't the case. I'm curious to see with two or three opportunities whether or not teams can start to kind of pick up on things with Logan Thompson. But right now, I, I, I think you, you go with Logan tonight, you see what happens tonight, and if he wins and he's exceptional, then I think there's a real big decision coming up on Friday. He's only faced the same team twice on yeah. one occasion and that yeah. was the the Nashville Predators yeah. now they face Seattle in the next two games yep and they face Vancouver uh three times uh in the next week and a half that's a lot of exposure uh to the other team uh, it'll be fascinating to watch but it's it's a good problem it's not like oh no like who are we gonna start between these guys but it's we got a decision to make between these guys because one's your your starter, and the other one is is playing great in, in Logan Thompson. Uh, we'll continue to bandy it around. Uh, Edmonton, L.A. They play tonight. Uh, we know what's going on there. It's the battle between second and third in the Pacific Division. Edmonton three points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights. L.A. is five. And then you've got the Blues against uh, Vancouver. Vancouver is uh, just on the outside of of being knocked out of contention here and uh, this is a really significant game uh, for the Vancouver Canucks against uh, one of the better teams uh, in the Central Division and the Blues are in the first wild card spot but uh, they're jockeying in in that Central Division and then the Jets and there's some bad news for the Winnipeg Jets uh, in their playoff chase as uh, they enter tonight 
three points out of a playoff spot. Uh, we'll uh, get into a little bit more detail on that. We've got one-timers, and we've got Dave Gosher coming up from Seattle. Take a break. Uh, it is the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Ryan Wallace from the Parkway Tavern over on Volunteer Road, uh, across from the M, and Darren Millard from Studio 31 at City National Arena. We'll be back with more after this. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Ryan Wallace over at Parkway Tavern. Volunteer Road across from the M, Darren Millard, Studio 31, City National Arena. Getting into it, Vegas Golden Knights against the Seattle Kraken tonight. First time that Vegas has ever played in Seattle, so that's uh, historic. Mm-hmm. My final thoughts on the goaltending. Thompson plays tonight. Leonard plays Friday. Yeah. The goaltender on Sunday in Vancouver is the goaltender that was winning and better. I think a win trumps just playing better. Uh, if that makes any sense, uh, but uh, I think I think the Sunday start against Vancouver depends on what happens tonight and what happens on Friday. It's just not an automatic anymore at this point with things so dicey. And what a time for and Vegas has just gone through this and they're still experiencing all kinds of uh, bodies out of the lineup up front. But Winnipeg. Winnipeg is crossing back and forth over the border here on this next little uh, stretch of games. And you know what that means? Before April 1st is testing. Uh, as of April 1st, you don't have to test to go into Canada. Hmm. So there's, there's uh, I mean, Vegas went through it and, and they had uh, players out because of, of COVID. And the only reason they were testing uh, because there's asymptomatic. Uh, if you're asymptomatic, you, you you don't have to to be tested. Uh, so Vegas had players like Zach Whitecloud, Michael Amadio, uh, uh, Ben Hutton uh, out of the lineup because they went to to Winnipeg a couple of times. Uh, Winnipeg is right now on a trip through Buffalo, Toronto, and then uh, moving on. Uh, they are in Buffalo tonight. Have to get tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have lost Nate Schmidt and Kyle Connor for the next three games. When they're trying to make up ground mm-hmm. to qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. So for tonight's game and then uh, the, the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Winnipeg Jets will be without one of their better defensemen and without their top goal scorer and arguably their best player. Wheeler, Shifley, Dubois, no offense. That, like, <laughs> can, can, like, that must have been a blow. Uh, their team and, and the whole rub of the green. Now they're down one nothing to Buffalo, being outshot 11-4 in the first period, and uh, haven't we seen that? So don't count uh, Winnipeg out yet because we've seen them get dominated by, by Vegas uh, a couple of times in the first period and be able to rally. But tonight they don't have uh, two important parts of their lineup. Yeah, I mean, you're taking Kyle Connor out of the equation, and he was a big reason why the yeah. Winnipeg Jets were able to come back and, and kind of steamroll over Vegas. So, uh, yeah, to your point, like, uh, certainly not ideal for Winnipeg, but you know I, I, I still kind of sit here and, and look at the Winnipeg Jets, and I get it. Like they're right around the the wild card discussion. I, I don't think there's enough left for Winnipeg, um, especially if you're you're looking at a couple of games here against you know losing right now to Buffalo, but then you've got Toronto. Like I, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see the math working out in their favor. But uh, you know this certainly doesn't help situ- the situation either. So, this is more of a moral question that I'll ask you. Okay. 
because it crossed my mind. And I, I don't know whether teams would ever think about this or whether it's just we got to make sure everybody's good and on the up and up. But as of April 1st, you don't have to test to go into Canada. Okay. So Vegas doesn't have to test to get into uh, Canada this weekend uh, after their two games against Seattle. Uh, I believe you do have to test to get back to the United States uh, if you fly. Would you consider, like, Winnipeg tonight? Uh-huh. They're in Buffalo. Okay. Would, would you have considered flying to Hamilton or Toronto and then busing across to Buffalo and then busing back where you didn't have to test? I mean, <laughs> would I consider it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would consider it. Now you still ha- they would still have to test to get into Canada because it's it's still March. Uh, yeah. they'd still have to get uh, tests. So I'm I'm talking if if this was the scenario next week. Yeah, would you would you do that? Would you change your travel plans to that extent just to avoid losing uh, somebody that's asymptomatic and would would would, would be playing? I I would, and I don't know whether that makes me a bad person. I don't think it makes you a bad person. I think that, there's plenty you know, of other things to make me a bad person. Oh, believe me, the the fact that you were, you know, your life was passing before your eyes, and you were thinking about lawyers instead of your family that that mm-hmm. makes you a bad person. It makes friends, you a really friends who are lawyers. It makes you a really really good friend to Sam and Ash because yeah. we, we love Sam and Ash. But you know, it, you you should also love your family too, and that's mm-hmm. you know kind of the other the other side of the coin. Uh, no, to me. Um, it's professional sports, Darren. Like you're looking for any type of advantage, or or at least avoiding disadvantages as best you can. And when you consider what it's been like over the last 18 months, 20 months, navigating professional sports in the era of COVID, I think that if you can mitigate or minimize the amount of exposures that you have or the amount of players that you lose that may be asymptomatic, I think you have to kind of take that into account. Like, you know, for the Golden Knights. If you had any opportunity to, you know, kind of prevent yourself from losing players, then, yeah, I think you take that advantage or you take that into account all day long. I I absolutely do. As long as you're asymptomatic, right? Sure, 100%. You you don't have one of those obvious Well, I mean, if you're you're symptomatic, you get tested anyway, right? So, you know, of course it would be a situation where you're looking at, preventing asymptomatic players from entering the protocol so yeah i i'm i'm right there like if you can if you can i don't want to say manipulate because it's not necessarily that but if if you can manage your travel in such a way that you guarantee you're not going to lose asymptomatic players i think you do it and it's only around border cities sure yeah so you're not you're not doing this you're not flying into billings and Bussing up to <laughs> Calgary, <laughs> or you're not flying into Fargo and bussing up to Winnipeg. Although yeah. I have flown into Fargo and and driven up to Winnipeg, and it's it's a nice, comfortable drive, pretty pretty straight actually. Uh, but if you're Buffalo, Toronto, on that type of trip, or uh, it's just a one-off game, and then maybe you're going Buffalo, Ottawa, Montreal. You might just do that little bus trip across the border. Detroit, that's a little bit far mm-hmm. uh, in and around there. But, man, just thought I'd throw it out there. Hey, we've, got, uh, we've got a good race going on for year-end statistical trophies. <laughs> okay. 
Like Connor McDavid, Leon uh-huh. Dreisaitl. I know, I know they're they're uh, on Edmonton. I know uh, that the Golden Knights are battling against them, but put that aside right now. Uh, Connor McDavid, ninety-eight points. He's too clear of Leon Dreisaitl, and Jonathan Huberto is five points back of the uh, race for most points in the National Hockey League. Jonathan Goudreau and Austin Matthews round out your top five. Yeah. If you're looking at MVP. Mm-hmm. Is Connor not just taking uh, lo- losing votes, losing status because he's only two points ahead of his teammate and only five points ahead of number three because we hold Connor at such a higher higher level? Connor's not even in the discussion for MVP right now. It's insane. It's wrong too. It's not wrong. It's absolutely right. Like you, you cannot sell me that Connor McDavid has been more valuable to his team than Austin Matthews or Igor Shesterkin has been to theirs. Right now, it's, it's a two-horse race. It's Austin Matthews, it's Igor Shesterkin, and it's not particularly close anything else after that. You don't think Huberto gets any love, eh? No, not for like 75 secondary assists. No, I don't. Hmm. And like, I'm sure, you know... No, sometimes be secondary assists are more important than the primary assist. Mm, okay, I... I like, Jonathan Huberdeau is not even the best player on his team, all right? I, I, I hear what you're saying, and, like, I get it. Well, Leon Probably. isn't, and he won MVP. He was that year. He was absolutely the best player on his team. He had to carry the Edmonton Oilers through, what, 25, 30 games without Connor McDavid and then did it and then didn't relinquish the, the points race to Connor when he came back. Like, you could argue that without Leon Dreisaitl that year, the Edmonton Oilers would have been sunk. You can't make that argument right now with Connor McDavid. You just can't. I'll be fascinated to see the year-end award where Connor finishes. Uh, Does he he crack the top five in MVP voting? And that as as a Art Ross Trophy winner for most points in the National Hockey League. It's it's baffling to me, Mm -hmm. but it's because he's held at such a, a higher standard. Uh, it, it, it remember the first two months of the season. It was ridiculous what he was doing. And the the part about uh, Edmonton having to scratch, claw, and battle to get into the playoffs probably hurts them a little bit. They made a coaching uh-huh. change. Uh, that that hurts the, uh, the, the case uh, a tad as well. But McDavid and Dreisaitl are 1-2 in points. And by your standing, correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. will not finish in the top five of MVP voting. I don't think he finishes top three. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm comfortable yet going top five. Um, like, I mean, I, I can talk myself into Roman Yossi being uh, in, and, in and around there. Like, and, and I'm not Who would be your top five right now? Top five right now. It's going to be Austin Matthews, Igor Shesterkin. Um, I'd probably go Kale McCarr. Goudreau? Johnny Goudreau and Roman Yossi. That, that's probably my top five right now. Wow. Yeah. Because good, the Goudreau factor is is very similar to the McDavid Drysidle argument because Kachuk is right there and uh, and Lindholm has been amazing. So that they've 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 got a whole line that uh, that could that could be MVPs with the Calgary Flames. I'm not sure who's been most valuable uh, to their team uh, with 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 the Calgary Flames this year. Part of me feels like everything goes through Johnny Gaudreau. Like yeah. as as good as that line is, like the, the driver, the driver is certainly Johnny Gaudreau. Um, 
but again, like I, I'm not going to sit here and say that that I'm I'm going Johnny Gaudreau over either Austin Matthews or Igor Shesterkin. I, I I'm I'm sorry. Like Shesterkin right now for me is probably the guy that would get my vote if I had a vote. Um, and I I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, it's the Vesna, and that's all goaltenders are ever allowed to get. Shesterkin has been all world all year long and he's a big reason why the rangers are where they are just look at their record when shesterkin's not playing he covers up a lot of their deficiencies so if if you're judging value based on what happens if you take this person off of that team i i don't think there's any other argument outside of of igor shesterkin is the most valuable player on the new york rangers and it's not even close been saying it for 15 years get rid of that line most valuable to their team just the mvp re, re, just mvp that's but, most valuable player what are you yeah, talking about but not most valuable player to the team because then it gets all muddy and everything. you're the most valuable. It, it's come on crazy. you, you uh, want to give you want to give an award to the guy with the most points it's the ted Lindsay. like let's stop making this more difficult than it needs to be no, just best, best player that that's all then that's just what the ted Lindsay is uh that's voted by the players though I okay, fine. That, then create uh, the Wayne Gretzky Award. Give it to the guy that has the most points or, or, or the, the guy that you want to say is the best player that has the most points and checks off the Connor McDavid boxes. But until Connor McDavid is far and away the best player in the world, and I'm not just talking about points, yeah. then we got to stop talking ourselves into Connor McDavid as the MVP when you can make the argument that he's the second most valuable player on his team outside of Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. I'm I'm never going to get my head around it. Uh, When we continue the play of the day, and then we'll chat with Dave Gosher from Seattle. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. We're way late, so let's get right to it. Congratulations, Sid Crosby. A 70-point campaign on this. Hudson all the ball can barely kept it alive. Penguins set up. Malkin's got the puck. Takes a look, goes to Crosby. Over to Latang. Loads up. Back to the captain. Kenny Malkin. Crosby blasting. He scores! Power play goal. Sidney Crosby. It's a one-goal game. Kind of like a quarterback. Roethlisberger would be proud. Look at the play by Malkin to keep the puck in. And then it's Crosby up high. Quarterback in this power play, and he rips it by Kreider. By Gensel, provides the screen. And Sidney Crosby, you don't see that too often, with a rocket slap shot from the blue line. The Penguins take advantage on the power play. Uh, I'm with Bob Airy. He he surprises people when he winds up and takes the clapper. But uh, Sidney Crosby now has a dozen 70-point or more campaigns. That equals Mario Lemieux, Brian Trottier. That's big. Mike Madonna also in that mix. Alexander Ovechkin with a dozen 70-point or more seasons. The record, Mr. Hockey with 18. And then Wayner at 17. Wayne loves it when I call him Wayner. Does he? Not really. I didn't think so. He told me not to call him that. How did that conversation go? Did you push back? Tell you offline. Okay. (laughs) Dave Gosher coming up next from Seattle as the Golden Knights get set to face the Kraken for the first time at Climate Pledge Arena as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas.